Now, sound off and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. How is uh, the world out there today? Uh, Kenny, I was just reading a story here just as I was getting ready to uh, get on the air. A new study, a new study has uh, relayed that um, playing a musical instrument or singing can help keep you sharp in old age, a new study said. So I'm thinking maybe we'll take the first hour of the show and just have a big sing-along. What do you think? Good idea? No, terrible idea. What? Well, yeah, because you can be off-key, and if you're off-key, that's bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's being humble. Yeah. I mean, that's being very gracious. You know, I, if, I'm, if I'm on key, it's a surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it was a thought. Yeah. I just thought. You you leave the music so, to the professional musicians. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you mean guys like Jelly Roll and people like that, huh? Jelly that's... Roll? Well, <laughs> I'm thinking more Ted Nugent. How's that? Oh, okay. All right. I'm kind of digging this Jelly Roll guy, though. I mean, you know. He really is something, isn't where, he? Isn't he? Yeah. He really is. A former, uh, you know, convicted uh, guy that was in jail, tattoos all over the place, uh, a little bit overweight, shall we say, and he's the latest sensation when it comes to country music. Well, there's a variety oh. of things. I mean, his music is one thing, but then... Uh, was he speaking to uh, what committee or group was he speaking to about his addiction? And, uh, oh, there was hmm. just something in the news about that. I think it had to do yeah. with fentanyl. Yeah, I did see um, something about that. Yeah, and he's uh, and he definitely came out in his, uh, here it against is. fentanyl. He, yeah. in, 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 well, recently, he uh, this month, he testified before the U.S. Congress in support of anti-fentanyl legislation explaining his perspective as a former distributor of illegal drugs. We might want to call that a pusher. Yeah. Uh, He stated before the U.S. Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee, and quote, I was a part of the problem. I am here now, standing as a man that wants to be a part of the solution. Oh, there you go. See, that shows you things can change. By the way, speaking of pusher, that is one of my favorite all-time songs by... uh, uh, magic carpet ride people, you know. The, oh, Steppenwolf. Yeah, Steppenwolf. The Pusher Man. Oh, the, yeah. Love that song. Anyway, so we now know the names of the three uh, uh, service people. By the way, this is kind of a weird situation, but I, you know, I kind of understand. Uh, we've got National Guard units that are being committed to uh, frontline positions all over the place. And these three individuals were evidently members of a Georgia... Well, they were members of an Army Reserve unit, the 718th Engineer Company from Fort Moore in Georgia, and the first American troops killed by hostile fire since the war in Gaza triggered a steep rise in violence throughout the region. Uh, the uh, three, three killed were Sergeant William uh, Jerome Rivers, 46, Specialist Kennedy Landon Sanders, 24, and Specialist Brianna Alexandra Moffat, 23. Uh, they were all members of this uh, reserve unit out of Georgia. 
out of the state of Georgia. So all three of them were out of there. Uh, you know, the uh, our American government and uh, President Biden has come forward and said that uh, we will retaliate. We will go after those responsible at our time uh, and at our convenience. In other words, we're not going to telegraph what we're going to do. Though the potential target for an American response remains close-held, the Islamic resistance of in Iraq, an umbrella group for Iranian-linked militias in the region, including Kataba Hezbollah, uh, Herakat Hezbollah, Allah Nunja, they love these names, uh, the, the U.S. government, which as of Monday had not publicly identified who it believes to be responsible. And by the way, more and more information is coming out on how this happened because, you know, it's fair to say, I think, that with the uh, uh, interdiction or the introduction, shall we say, of things like predator drones, uh, missiles, uh, you know, all of these kinds of things that uh, terrorist organizations can control fairly easily the chance of something like this happening <clears throat> is fairly large. Um, evidently, just in a kind of a rough uh, explanation of what happened, evidently this base in, uh, uh, in where was it, in northern um, Syria, I think. Anyway, it was, a, it was an American-held base, and it had helicopters and other... Uh, units that flew in and out of there on a regular basis and evidently there was a uh, an american helicopter or some flight coming into the base so they kind of dropped the level of security of air security at that time to let this uh, a friendly uh, device come back into base and whether they knew that was happening or whether it was just the luck of the draw the uh, the enemy, this Islamic, whoever is taking responsible for this, the Islamic uh, unit was creeping up on the base with a predator drone, low flying and carrying uh, uh, explosives on it. And it just flew right in under the radar. They never saw it coming. And it crashed into this uh, uh, container units where these people were housed and uh, hit them in the you know when they weren't expecting it at all. Uh, the facility housed uh, a lounge and barracks used by personnel. Uh, the apparent confusion over the drone's identity was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. The target appears to have been deliberate and precise. While Americans and Jordanians are based at Tower 22, that that's the name of this base. Uh, Jordanians provided security for the compound. While the U.S. military has long deployed systems such as the Patriot and C-RAM, short for counter-rocket artillery mortar, uh, to defend American positions against uh, enemy attacks, officials have scrambled in recent years to develop new means for shielding installations from rapidly involving drone attacks. And that's basically what happened here, evidently. So uh, the uh, Pentagon is now trying to scramble to identify exactly what went wrong, but that's a brief identification, is that they think that it, that the 
level of protection at the base had been dropped to allow the Amer- the American uh, uh, either helicopter or, or other aircraft to return. Uh, the militias have launched wave attacks with missiles and drones on other U.S. positions. This is now like 160 attacks. It is the first time, as far as we're aware, yeah, I that saw there that. have been deaths. Yeah, That's incredible. Just since yeah. Biden's been in office or, or what? Oh, yeah. Well, just no, since the start of the uh, Israeli-Hamas oh, war. Oh, my goodness. We've had 160 attacks. Wow. Say, Brad, if we could, we're going to go to the uh, KDAL newsroom. Uh, Dave Strandberg has a song queued up for us, so... Ooh! You know, it's interesting, Brad, because, of course, this is Steppenwolf, the pusher. Yeah. This is off their debut record. The record debuted on January 29th. 1968 56 years ago see and this song did not did not get nearly the play oh you talked over the best part of the song Uh, the song was written by Hoyt Axton really it really was yes Yes, Hoyt Axton wrote The Pusher, uh, one of the big you songs. You are kidding me. No, I'm not. Hoyt Why would I Axton, kid you? the country guy? That guy, Hoyt guy. Axton, uh, it was made popular in the 1969 movie Easy Rider. Yes. Yeah. Right. But uh, there you go, The Pusher, your song. Oh, I'll tell you. I had, a, uh, I had a brand new 67 Mustang that I had bought when I got back from the Vietnam War, and I had a... Eight track tape deck in it. Love it. And I came home. I came home on a visit from California where I was stationed out there and going to school. Actually, in 69, I was already out and going to school. And I drove through A&W Root Beer out on the east end. Remember where A&W's used to be out there? 21st Avenue East. Yes, that's it. I drove through there, had all the windows down, and I'm playing Born to be Wild <laughs> on my 8-track. On my uh, I actually had a guy run right over to the car as I was waiting to pull out of the line. and said, man, what is that song? Where did you get really? that from? <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So uh, that's Dave Schranberg uh, in the newsroom that queued Thank that you, up. David. Thank you. Here we go. Let's Here we Okay. We'll the that, pusher uh, is a monster. He is a monster. Yeah. And that all started, we were talking about Jelly Roll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we get from there to Jelly <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Say, uh, great time, a, a piece of good news. Yeah. A piece of good news. Yeah, we got to take our first break. Uh, we're, I want to get behind because when I get behind, I can never catch up again. So let's... Uh, let, let's take our first break, and then we'll come back. We'll, we'll get into some stuff here. What do you want to come back to? I mean, what well, you, here's on? what I want to come back. Here's what I want to come back to. A good piece of good news coming out of this uh, Ricky Cobb case. Uh, the judge had the first hearing yesterday uh, with Trooper Ryan Lonegren, and uh, he says, "You know what? Uh, we're, we're not. Uh, we're going to have the trial, but we're not going to hold." A trooper Lodegren, we're not going to uh, have him put any uh, 
uh, bail forward or anything else because we think we can trust the law enforcement officer to show up when he has to. So that was good. Anyway, we'll talk about what happened during the court when we come back. KDAL time is 1123, 34 degrees in Duluth. We've got some sunshine, maybe maybe mostly clouds right now, but uh, going to be a mild day like it's been for the last, uh, well, for the last several weeks. Say, Brad, on the phone from Dead on Inc., we have Candy on the phone. And she is newly returned from the biggest uh, gun show, I think, in the country, or at least one of the biggest, the SHOT Show out in Las Vegas. Uh, first question, uh, Candy, uh, you didn't go near the tables, did you? <laughs> I did not. I stayed away from those. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Then you probably got some money to be able to buy some things with. That's so, right. Yeah, how, I had to save money for all the, the great new finds I found. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about what uh, what kind of things you, you found that really piqued your interest and uh, what kind of things can people in the Northland that are stopping in a dead arms uh, hope to see in the near future? Well, there there were a lot of new um, firearms coming out that are kind of exclusives for certain distributors that have maybe different colors or different uh, patterns on their, their grips. So we've got some of those that we're working on getting ordered. But, and I, I haven't even had a chance to go through everything that I, I saw yet. Uh, but, but one of them that I made sure to jump on right away that I'm really excited about was a brand new company out of Dallas, Texas uh, called Ross Martin. They just put out their brand new pistol, their their first one ever on January 4th this year. It's another female-owned company. Um, And they've got a a pretty cool pistol that that we've got one uh, ordered for the rental wall. We've got some ordered for the shelves. It's a it's a great little gun. It's a compact one that is easy to carry. It's got a low bore axis, so it, it's going to hold back some of that recoil. They've got their own pat- patented um, uh, stippling on the grip, so it makes it easier to ah. hold on to. So there's a lot of cool stuff about this gun. I'm really excited to get it out here and let people try it. Now, what uh, is 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 it a range of calibers, or is this one particular caliber that you're bringing in? It's one caliber right now. So as of right now, since they're brand new and they just got this out on the market, they only have one pistol. It's a nine millimeter. Uh, they are working on okay. more too, but it comes in three different colors, and that's that's the only one that they're focusing on right now. So it's got to be good. Wow, that's fantastic! And they manufacture it right here in Dallas, Texas, or right in the U.S. That's neat. Yes, yeah, it's a young couple that owns it. It's a it's a great little business. I was really excited to meet them. Well, that sounds like it's going to be fun. What did you say the name of it was now again? Rost Martin. So they're Ross Martin. The okay. RM1C. Okay. I might have to look this up and see, see what it looks like. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> now, what other things did you find that really piqued your interest there? Well, one of the things I'm really excited about as well is that we got signed on with a couple new distributors, which will open up our possibilities of ordering more guns that we may not have had access to in the past, uh, maybe oh. more ammo choices. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I'm really excited about uh, getting moving on those, too. Now, this was, what, a three-day show, or how long was it? It was a four-day show. So it was, okay. there were over 2,500 uh Booze there, and oh my gosh, I think I I at least walked by every single one. Some of them, I you know, they didn't have things that maybe uh, pertain to our range, but there was a lot that right. did, and I talked to a whole whole lot of people, made a lot of connections, so a lot of good stuff will come out of this for sure. 
Now, is there a, what sounds like there might be, is there a, an association that people like yourself belong to the of a lot of like kind of uh, gun shops? There, yeah, there is. Um, the, the NSSS is a big association that was kind of touted during SHOT Show. You know, you can be a, a member of that and you get kind of the insider information on it. But they just, I think there are a lot of those kind of groups all over the place. And, you know, it just depends if, it's, if you want to go into a national one or a local one. Sure, that's understandable. Well, that sounds exciting. And again, uh, it, it can't be any more exciting than dead on shooting range in and of itself. I'll tell you what, Northlanders, if you uh, have not been up to dead on shooting range yet, uh, you know, take the time to get up there. Uh, when I say up there, it's uh, eight miles up Highway 2 coming out of Proctor. You will find dead on shooting range on your left hand side. You'll find one of the most full retail stores you'll ever find that's got everything from uh, you can buy a firearm, you can rent a firearm and use it on the on their shooting range right there. You can buy clothing, you can buy reloading supplies, you can buy sighting equipment. There isn't much that I can think of that they don't have at dead-on shooting range. So take the opportunity to go up there. And by the way, the other thing they have is lots of classes. Everything from female self-defense classes uh, to uh, pistol safety classes to concealed carry classes. They got them all at Dead On Shooting Range. So if you have any questions for Candy or any of her staff, you can either give them a call at 218-729-9689, or you can get a lot of information just by going on their website, Dead On Shooting Range. But better yet, just get in your vehicle and go up there so welcome back to the Northland Candy, and uh, hope to talk to you again very soon about some of your other new products. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, Kenny, we're uh, we're about to that time. I think we got a well. You got a couple go. of minutes because you had yeah, talked about uh, what you wanted to talk about, and I think yeah. you should talk about that. Uh, yeah, I do, and and it's it, you know I I think this whole case is going to be a real judgment about how people like this uh, Hennepin County attorney, Marianne Mority, uh, what she is up about and what she's all about, because she has decided, and I've read over and over and over again this whole case. It's becoming clearer and clearer as you go on. Originally, I had heard and I thought, well, maybe it's, you know, I don't know if that's enough of a reason to pull somebody over. I had heard that he had taillights out, that there were no taillights. But I've since read in three different sites now, they had no lights on the car at all. It's in the middle of the night, and the guy was driving with no lights on, which, uh, of course, would draw attention to yourself. And uh, when he was pulled over, um, well, first of all, he's a uh, convicted, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's been in jail before. He had an outstanding warrant uh, out, and that's what happened was... Uh, as they got close to him, um, they they decided to check his his uh, license plates and found out that he had an order uh, of he had violated a protection order in Ramsey County. And uh, when the troopers checked in with Ramsey County officials, they asked that Cobb be arrested. In other words, yeah, this guy we we want him. We're looking for him. We got an outstanding warrant on him. Pull him over and arrest him. Well, they tried doing that. Well, obviously, Cobb knows that he cannot have a firearm in his, protect, in his possession. It's against the law. 
He had one. Uh, they don't know exactly where it was when they first pulled him over. It was either down inside the seat, you know, next to the center council, or he had laid it on the floor behind the seat. But when uh, when the whole thing came down, they found the handgun in the car. So the assumption is, and I think probably a rightful assumption, that that's why he didn't want to be pulled over, because he knew he was going to jail. He knew that, number one, they had already told him, look, we're going to arrest you. You got an outstanding warrant from Ramsey County, and we've been asked to uh, hold you and arrest you. Then he said, then he thought to himself, I'm sure very quickly, I got a gun in my possession and it's illegal for me to have that. I could be going away for a long time here. So he made the fateful decision to pull away from officers, even though they had continued to tell him, don't get your hand, shut the car off, get your foot off the gas pedal. And uh, then he took off trying to drag them or dragging a couple officers and this officer ended up shooting him, and he ended up dead. But uh, the fact that uh, this uh, attorney, Hennepin County attorney, wants to charge him for for basically second-degree uh, manslaughter is is uh, a little above and beyond. You know, I think what it, what it kind of leads people like myself to think is that law enforcement in the state of Minnesota right now is in a no-win position. If you go to pull somebody over, even if they're driving at night with no license, with no uh, lights on at all, even if they've got a gun in their possession, even if they have an outstanding arrest warrants, even if they have a long history of gang involvement, which Mr. Cobb did have, uh, you know, you can't, if if he does not want to be pulled over, you just got to let him run and hope maybe you can uh, round him up at some other time. And maybe he won't have a gun in the future and you won't be able to arrest him for breaking that law either. And and I think we've got to get to a position in this uh, in this state is that who's right when an officer goes to pull you over? Is the officer right that he has the right to pull you over? Uh, if, if he has been told by the Ramsey County authorities that this guy's got an outstanding warrant, arrest him. Is, is that officer in the right or is uh, the driver of the car right to just pull away, refuse to listen to officers and just drive away? So this is going to be one of those landmark cases, I think, on how Minnesota is going to respond to criminals. Because you know what, if uh, if the uh, if the perpetrator here who is now deceased, if Mr. Cobb's uh, family wins in this case, then basically the state of Minnesota is going to have to change its uh, laws so that authorities, uh, licensed uh, um, police authorities, do not have the right to, well, or they, they maybe can still try to pull you over, but if you refuse, uh, you have the right to just drive away and, and leave. See, I, I just don't agree with that. I, I, I guess it's because I was always raised a different way. And I think most of us have been raised to, to be told that, uh, you know, if, a, if an authority is pulling you over, there's probably a reason for it. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this case uh, when we come back after the CBS News here on uh, KDAL Radio. 
Well, time is 1141. We'll take down that music by Focus. Hocus Pocus is the song. Hocus Pocus. A little bit of yodeling going on in there. Today, Brad, is yodel for your neighbor's day. Oh, neighbors uh, are not going to like that, Kenny. (laughs) You know, there's one thing I got to say about your selection of music for this show. It is never boring, and it's always different. Yeah, well, you know, there might be some uh, method to that madness, but uh, yodel (laughs) for your neighbor's day is today. Yodel? Can you yodel? Do you know how to yodel? Yeah. You ready? Really? Yeah, let me hear you yodel. Yodel lady who? Oh, come on. I can do that. Well, you asked. (laughs) That's not yodeling. (laughs) We'll leave leave yodeling up to the yodelers. Yes, I uh, I agree. Well, anyway, uh, so a, a number of other things are happening around the country and around the world. There's the latest survey that has come out on uh, whether or not we need this. You know, when uh, we're talking about the border, or I'm talking about the border right now, I have seen some amazing things going on uh, down at the southern border in Texas right now. I don't know how many of you out there listening to the show this morning got to see a uh, Sean Hannity piece last night that interviewed the governor of uh, of Texas, Abbott. They uh, Abbott is standing firm. He says, look, I, I don't care if they round me up and throw me in jail. I am going to defend the people of Texas as best I know how. And he says, you know what? If if you ask the question, does putting a razor wire along the border make a difference? He said, we have gone just in the last few weeks from over 3,000 people a day coming across our border illegally to last week, six people coming across from 3,000 to six people. Now, is it going to work with everybody? I mean, some of these people, they don't care if you got Constantina wire up. I showed, I mean, I, I spoke to you about the uh, the video I saw where these people brought ladders out of Mexico. They put the ladders up on the container boxes and climbed up over the top of the barbed wire, put another ladder going down and went down. Well, border security was on the other side and they were arresting them as they came across because... Now they have a law in Texas that you can be arrested for entering the country illegally, which I believe is breaking the law, isn't it? I believe so. Illegally sure means it is. breaking the law, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's amazing to see what is going on. But, you know, now we've, we've seen, I've, I have seen the first videos coming out of southern, southern Mexico Another massive group of people are are putting themselves together. It's about 1,800 people right now, but they're gathering steam as they head further north. And uh, so we don't know what this is going to bring. But but when you saw Abbott last night, he said, look, I don't I don't care what uh, President Biden says. I my job is to protect the people of Texas. 
And he is not protecting the people of the United States. He is not doing what he's capable of doing. And listen to his rhetoric about, oh, you mean Republicans are are the fault. Uh, uh, you, you're not letting me. If you let me have my way, if you let me pass this new bill, I'd close the border down. You could close the border down tomorrow, President Biden. It was pretty much closed down when you took office and started destroying everything that had been set up to keep illegal immigrants out. Well, we need the illegal immigrants, Brad. I mean, a Democrat re- representative, a Jerry Nadler, <laughs> that guy, he said we you mean need... mean High Pockets? Yeah, High, high pockets. pockets said we yeah. need <laughs> many illegal immigrants in the country to pick vegetables. Otherwise, they're going to rot in the ground. So That's let's, nonsense. But that's Brad, nonsense. Oh, oh, well... You'll have to take that up with Jerry Nadler because we need. <laughs> he didn't say we need we millions. We need legal. We need yes. legal immigrants. You know that's what we need. It really is something to hear this coming from a member of Congress, because what's the number of illegal immigrants that have come across that border? Two, three million. Oh God, B- really? Or more? We need that many to yeah. pick vegetables. Really, <laughs> Jerry? Come on. No. And in fact, most of the people we need to pick vegetables are coming with work permits and they're coming legally. So there really are two sides to this uh, topic, Brad. There's the Republicans and the Democrats and the Republicans seem to look at this differently than the Democrats and vice versa. And it really is quite astonishing, I think. You people in you people in Minnesota, I'm talking directly to you now. You people, especially down in the Twin Cities area, you you if you were paying any attention during the show yesterday, you saw a couple of things. Uh, one, number one, the work the work order or the request for drivers for a transit company. I think it's TSS uh, for drivers that will go to the airport at St. Cloud and haul illegal immigrants who are being shipped up here out of Texas or wherever else down to Minneapolis for housing and for accommodations or whatever. This is the same way it started in Chicago, in New York, to where those were sanctuary cities. They originally said, man, we want those people. Now they're saying, God, turn off the spigots. We can't take any more. You know what? You here in Minnesota are going to be the same way. Don't think it's going to be any different here uh, simply because uh, we got a couple of bucks left in our treasury. Maybe after the Democrats got done with us last year, we might have a couple of bucks left laying around. But by the time they get through with us, there'll be nothing. Anyway, let's go. Let's see what uh, let's see what Tom uh do we have Tom first? Is Tom? Yeah, I think no, no, Tom no, Brad. first. No, we're going to no, go wait, to, wait, wait. We're going to go in order. I got to look at. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my sheet here, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, ain't I? Let's go to Jeff swag. from Superior. There we go, Jeff from Superior. Jeff, uh, you got anything new on the Ricky Cobb story that you want to relate on? Well, I got to tell you, Brad, I would love to take you out to dinner or coffee or something like that, and have a much longer conversation, but. I'll try to keep my comments to a minute or two 
And I got to tell you, um, hey, if I can, I come along and get dessert at least. Piece of pie? <laughs> yeah, Why not? Pie. Sure, oh, good. I, we could get a coconut <laughs> cream pie at Perkins. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Um, a friend of mine is a judge in Hennepin County, and we went to college together, and we were liberally educated. I won't deny that, but I'm always questioning authority. I'm always questioning what is the established point of view, what's really going on, and I got to right. tell you. Um, and I'm trying not to get emotional, but I worked in the black community for 11 years in Chicago. And as a footnote to this, uh, the mayor of Chicago, who is a black man, Mayor Johnson, announced right. yesterday that he's going to extend another 60 days for almost 10,000 people to find a new place to live because they can't sustain emergency, the cost of emergency shelters. And the state of Illinois and Washington, D.C. isn't giving them enough. So, I mean, there are there are real people in, you know, crisis with their lives. But when I listen to you talk about this Cobb guy and when any any black man that gets pulled over by law enforcement, and this is my opinion, so this is just me speaking, um, they know they killed Rodney King. They know they killed George Floyd. So that's going through your head already. Whether you broke the law or not, you know, whether you're going to get caught or not, you fear that every time you encounter law enforcement, this could be the end. So you're fight or flight. And Law enforcement has to realize that um, some black people feel, why should I answer to white culture when they victimized my ancestors and me and everything else? I'm just saying this because this is. Oh, I'm not buying this. I'm not buying this. I'm not I'm not trying to convince you, but I'm just saying I'm just saying that goes through some people's minds. And so you have a heightened sense of intensity anytime there is an encounter. Now, as a white man. If I get pulled over by a black police officer, I dismiss all of those thoughts, and I respect authority. I call him sir. I say yes, sir, or yes, officer. I'm sorry, what's, what's the problem? What can I keep my hands on the wheel? Things like that. There's things you can do to alleviate the situation, but when you're already of a Absolutely. When you're already a well, look, I, I will I will agree uh, I will yeah. agree to to this point. I'm sure there are some some black people. I'm in who knows how what percentage it might be that are uh, very uh, questioning or very worried when they're pulled over, especially at two o'clock in the morning when they're driving without lights on and they've got a gun in the car and they know they're not supposed to have a gun. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of trepidation going on, uh, you know, with those people. Uh, You know, I, I, again, I really think the answer is we're either going to agree that there, that in a society like ours, there is a set of rules and laws that we must maintain for all of our Americans, black, brown, white, anything, and the quickest way to make sure that you don't get shot is to simply, as you said, put your hands on the wheel and say, sir, um, you want me to turn off the car? Fine. I'm going to reach over and shut off the car and do that. Then there's not going to be nearly, you know, I'm not going to say that there will never, ever be another police shooting because who knows what situations arrive. But in the majority of cases, if you just do what an officer tells you to do, your life will be a lot better off than if you decide, I'm going to make the decisions here, not law enforcement. Anyway, we got to go. 
before we before we do run away here to do a break, I'm, I want to make sure that you all know about our friends over at Solutions Insurance. You know, we talk about Solutions Insurance a lot because they have saved a lot of people in the Northland a good deal of money. And they don't do it you know, by hocus pocus or anything else, they are an all lines independent agency that represents about 60 to 70 companies out there. They've got a whole office full of great insurance agents, people like Sonia, Heidi, Maggie, Tim, Allie, uh, uh, Chris Lohmeyer, all of them. And they're all ready to go to work for you and try to find you a company that can give you as good a coverage, if not better than you have now, and save you money doing it. And they do it every week. So if you'll just pick up the phone and call them at 218-628-1878, that's 218-628-1878, and tell them, you know what, I'd like to have that free insurance checkup. You know what? It doesn't cost you a dime, and it may save you a great deal of money. Give them a try. I think you'll be happy. Kenny, do we have time to get to Tom, or do we have to do that after our break? You know, we've got to get this break in here, Brad. Yeah, we got to get it in. Let's do it. KDAL time is 11.57.37 in Canal Park. Winds are out of the northwest at about 10 miles an hour, so a bit chilly out there. We do still have Tom on hold. Okay, let's get to Tom. We, we, we're running out of time here. Oh, you know what? Can Tom, I want to have you call back because we just don't have enough time here to even make it uh, make a statement. So if you'd call back right at the top of the next hour, we'll get her done. Uh, in the meantime, I want to bring you updated on a couple of quick things. Uh, U- United Parcel Service, UPS, is... Uh, might be a indicator of what the economy is going to be doing in the future. They've laid off 12,000 people, a job cuts due to a drop in package volume. They kept people on through the ho- through the Christmas holiday. They knew that there was going to be some packages then, but there has been this massive drop off of uh, volume of packages being shipped. Uh, over the uh, last few months, they have come to an agreement with their top union. Uh, UPS uh, and paying their top people uh, higher wages and then agreeing that they have to cut back. They've had a $9 billion decline in revenue year over year, said their top financial officer. So things are not good uh, in the package delivery area with uh, UPS. Now, is that an indication of what's going to happen in the future? I hope not. But it is an indication of what's going on right now. And when we come back, we'll continue with this discussion about the border. Uh, You know, I didn't mean to uh, take homage to what Steve was saying, but I just don't agree uh, that you can just let people go. Jeff? You've got to have law and order. Or Jeff. Anyway, we'll be back. We'll get Tom in top of the hour.